0: Working great. Perfect. Thank you for that confirmation. And we are now beginning critical Q&A number 245. Oh, my God. So many questions answered and so many still to answer. Um, Guys, this is great. Scotland, damn, Seattle, Illinois. All right. I am here. You are here. Um, My wonderful members of the Sea Org (laughs) out there, for those of you who get that joke. Um, All right. So let us um let us begin how about you guys start throwing some questions at me i am ready to roll today today is i am pumped i'm excited this has been a decent week gotten some good things going you guys are going to be really excited by some of the content coming up uh by the way and i'm not making crazy ass promises um i've actually got things lining up to do um a series on something that I've been asked a lot of questions about that is not related to Scientology, a whole different subject matter that is related very, very closely with destructive cult activity, and um, uh, <laughs> so um, anyway, that's that's looking like a series that's forming up, and I've been doing, I've been getting the research going on this and talking to some people who I'm going to be interviewing, and it's going to be quite exciting. So I'm going to just totally leave that out there as a big tease because I'm a horrible awful person. So, all right. Uh, Yeah, what does the C stand for, I wonder? (laughs) Okay. uh, Yes, Alex, I will read your Facebook message later. I almost told you I was about to go live, and then I thought, well, you'll just see. Uh, Chris, what is happening with Tommy Davis? L. Ron Hubbard asks. You know, Tommy's moving on with his life. He has remarried um, after—Tommy Davis used to be the international spokesman for Scientology, and he was making appearances in the early— late 2000s, and then he just disappeared. And um, I believe he disappeared because he said that he he said something kind of crucial, which was that if it was shown that L. Ron Hubbard did not actually, you know, cure his own war wounds from World War II, then the whole basis of Dianetics would be a lie. And then, you know, and he said that out loud, like he kind of admitted that. And uh, that would be a big, huge no-no because it is documented that L. Ron Hubbard did not cure himself from his war wounds. So, uh, you know, big, open mouth, stick foot in all the way to the knee. So he got ousted. He left the Sea Org. He divorced his wife. They, they both left. Uh, they got divorced. He got remarried. Um, and that's really all I know about the guy. You know, he's he's been in and out of various things. But really, I don't consider Tommy Davis a very important person at this point because he's gone he's out and you know, he's not going back in and he's not gonna he's just an ex-scientologist ex Org member who is getting on with his life now and that's that's all i can really say about the guy okay let's go back up here i'm gonna you guys are gonna throw a lot of questions at me and i'm probably gonna miss some along the way so i'm um, just warning you because i'm sort of moderating my own stuff right now melissa's out having some fun with some friends She may show back up while we're doing this. She may not. I don't know when she's going to get home, but we'll see. Um, Okay, John McGuire, do you guys work with street epistemology? Uh, Yeah, I sure do. I've pushed it, endorsed it, promoted it. I have had Anthony Magna on my podcast two or three times. Definitely two, maybe three times. Um, As well as I had... um, Peter Boghossian, the person who actually developed Street Epistemology in the first place, I had him on my podcast to talk about that stuff. So, yeah, definitely work with Street Epistemology. Um, Oh, Angel Hugger asks, I enjoyed your Landmark episode, but I'm unclear about what Landmark does. What does it do? Oh, that's interesting. Um, Okay, well, Landmark offers a three-day forum or workshop and that's the entry level action to get into landmarks leadership program and executive, you know, sort of coaching program and being a leader and being a better person and, and ethics and how to get along in life and all this. They have a whole series of classes and seminars and and trainings that they will do. And it is basically Scientology Light is kind of how we sort of uh, well, I think is pretty much the conclusion we came to in the podcast. Uh, it's non-religious so they push it on businesses by the way landmark that's it's a big huge thing in the business industry they love pushing that crap and it's all just a bunch of nonsense um Amanda Ferrer, your honest opinion on the mentality of Hubbard um well there's a lot to say about that. I've done a podcast about um, the fact that we believe Hubbard suffered from temporal lobe epilepsy, which was a physical uh, condition that could have contributed to his megalomania and his religious fervor uh, in fact very definitely would have if that's what he suffered from he also had um he was a pathological liar and he uh, certainly had narcissistic qualities and megalomaniac qualities in that he liked to lord over and dominate other people and he actually talked about that in his private writings so um so he's been in a pretty bad way you know he suffered from a lot of crap and he also had a lot of physical problems that uh contributed to his you know vindictive nature and, and he was just not a not a very nice guy okay uh do i think i'll run hubbard marie page asks do i think i'll run uh hubbard was mentally ill yes i do yeah um <laughs> and as as just answered and and has talked about yeah, in many many times in on uh, on whole podcasts that we've done uh with Rachel Bernstein and uh with um uh John a Tack, uh where we have talked about Elron Hubbard's mental conditions and mental states and uh I think that's I think that's covered territory but it's hard to encapsulate you know other than using these sort of, buzzwords that I'll throw out or not buzzwords, but, you know, these sort of labels that I'll throw out about megalomania, pathological liar, stuff like that. But I won't go too much deeper than that in an effort to try to get through a lot of questions for this episode. Um, Molagog or Molly Gog, what are your thoughts on leaving a cult, feeling a sense of void or something missing only to end up in another cult? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, It's hard. It is the hardest thing I've had to deal with in all these years, in seven years that I've been out of Scientology now, the thing that hits me still hardest and that has been the most difficult thing to deal with is reconciling myself to the fact that the world is a random, chaotic, crazy place that doesn't have a whole lot of order to it, um, and that our attempts to lay a moral framework or a, a... a faith framework over this world always fail because of the fact that the world is always going to surprise you and is always going to mess with you in ways that you can never predict and never see, you know, you never see it coming. And no matter how much you try to, you know, to prepare and predict and do all this stuff, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't go, right? And And this leads people to seek comfort in, you know, what I think are illusory answers, but I'm not blaming them for that but when you go f- from one extremist or high control group to another you know that that is why we we so push that people see ca- you know see a counselor or a therapist or or do some education work and self work you know cognitive behavioral therapy CBT you can you know there's ways to do that by yourself at home there's workbooks and stuff that can get you past this sort of I don't want to say obsession because that's way too strong a word, but this need to to overcome this emptiness rather than reconcile that, you know, you have to kind of accept the world on on its terms, on the the way that it is. You have to kind of look at reality as as best you can, And, and I don't think leaving my thinking to other people, to, you know, the Bible or to religious figures or to the Quran or anything, any belief system. I don't think turning my, you know, thinking over to that is a healthy way for me to approach life anymore. Uh, You know, I already did that in Scientology and that didn't go so well. And I see the effects of other people and, and, you know, when they've Kind of given over to these belief systems, these high control groups, especially, and uh, there's just never really, there's not a lot of positive results there, you know. And I encourage people to think for themselves and look and find out their own answers. And it's harder. It is. There is zero question about the fact that it is harder to do that. And not maybe not everybody's up to it. Uh, and you know, uh, and maybe that's okay too. But. But falling into the destructive, you know, going, again, cult to cult, you know, we really want to prevent that. And, um, and so, yeah, there's, you know, I don't know any other way to, to say how I've come to deal with this except to say I'm still kind of struggling with it. But I know that there, I, I think I've defined the problem well enough that I know I'm not going to solve it by slipping into another cultic belief system. And I encourage other people to do the same. I hope that's a decent answer. I don't know how that came across. Melissa's great. Uh, so Tamara asks. Uh, and like I said, hopefully she'll be uh, be popping up in here before too long. All right. Boy, I've missed a lot of questions since then here. Let's just go back through. Okay. There we are. The comments thing kind of goes up and down, so I had to roll back up here. Uh, The Taito Guardian asks, what would the church do if David Miscavige was summoned to a court of law? Uh, Fight it, tooth and nail, like they have, tooth and claw. They will do everything possible, everything possible, to keep him out of a courtroom. And so far, they have succeeded swimmingly. Um, You know, even in the Rathbun case, which was the closest they'd ever gotten to getting David Miscavige into deposition— The court agreed that they would only have to, that that Miscavige would only have to submit a written deposition and he would not have to actually physically appear in the courtroom. So that's the closest they've gotten, right? Scientology is like the, the church lawyers are, whatever other priorities they appear to be given, it is very clear that keeping David Miscavige out of a courtroom is at the top of that list. All right. In your opinion, is Scientology any more destructive than the early Catholic Church? Um, yes, I do. I, in my opinion, it is, and the reason is um, because we have Steve Hassan and other cult experts have said, and I agree that Scientology is the is one of the most destructive. Of the high control, destructive, authoritarian cults out there, because of the sheer volume of control mechanisms that are baked into the materials and then the procedures. That you know, there's transinduction, phobia induction, um, you know, wordplay, loaded language. I mean, the, the redefinition of terms that you know, which is which, like a propaganda technique. Mm-hmm. There are so many uh, things that are going on in Scientology that are designed. To overcome your self-determinism, your initiative, your ability to think, and um, and it's and it's so there's so many of them. The volume is so high that, it, that you can't help but think that it's a calculated effort. Uh, and that I think is, um, if you were to count up the number of things comparatively between what Catholicism does, you know, with the guilt tripping and phobia induction and some of the stuff they do, versus what Scientology does. You know, no, Scientology is going to come up uh, worse on that. Uh, will Tommy Davis ever come out? No, I don't think he will. His whole family's in. He has no reason to see the light. Um, that being said, anybody can come out at any time. You know, you're, I, I just think Tommy Davis has a lot of reasons not to. And at least not tell his parents kick it. Um, but as far as is he going to continue doing Scientology services, you know, I I don't know. He might not be active as a Scientologist at all. He just might be a Scientologist mouthpiece. So, you know. Uh, Okay, what would Jesus... What? How would Jesus differ from Steve Jobs? (laughs) I I do not understand that question. Oh, is Steve Jobs a cult? Uh, No, I don't think that Apple's actually running a cult of Steve Jobs. I don't think that's the case. Um, especially since Steve Jobs is dead now and he and he was not a spiritual leader or a cult leader business leader <sighs> now i don't i don't think it crosses that line i think in some ways it comes close you know if we look at it on, on, as a spectrum rather than a yes no of absolutes right if we look at it as a gray scale of you know high control destructive cult group versus non that i think apple you know, ticks some boxes and and moves on that spectrum, but I don't think it's a I don't think there's a cult of jobs at this point. Uh okay, why isn't the FBI going in there undercover? Oh god, I've answered this question so many times, guys. The FBI is not going in there because they don't have probable cause and enough evidence to according to their standards and the connections that Scientology has into law enforcement and our government go all the way to the highest levels. And, you know, lobbyists and money talks and bullshit walks and all that. I mean, it's, you know, they have influence. Scientology has built up a lot of influence over the decades that they've been around. They have been concentrating on doing that since the 1960s. And they're not ineffective at it. And so they are able to stop criminal investigations. They're able to stop things that they, you know, had... You know, like they got raided in in 1977, and the FBI came in and cleaned house, man, and people went to jail. And they went, we are never, ever, ever going to have this happen to us again. I mean, I guarantee you there were were very high-level meetings in the world of Scientology and, and a lot of planning and workout done so that that would never, ever happen again. They're big on that. And they worked out what it would take. And they've implemented plans and and those plans and programs to make that happen. And that involves, you know, blackmail. That involves giving money over to people. That involves buying influence or influence peddling, both legal and illegal. They don't care. They'll do whatever it takes. That's why. All right. Uh, where's Miscavige's wife? I'm not even answering that question anymore. <laughs> That's very. That's that's just a question. I'm not going to answer anymore. All right. Let's see here. I hear I hear ex-members uh, still using the term "wogs," even though it's derogatory. Steve Hassan has stated that to completely shed the cult, you should not any thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I don't use the word "wog" except to talk to you guys and answer questions about it. Um, I've not heard ex-members using that term Outside, well, actually, no, I have heard a couple ex members use it, but I think they tend to not actually realize that it's a racial epithet or it's a a racial slur. I don't don't think they actually know that. We don't really learn that in Scientology. Um, But I'm not going to make excuses for them. They they can get educated. They just tell them, hey, look, man, it's a racial slur. Knock it off. Um, You know, that's, yeah. All right. Uh, I enjoyed your landmark episode. Oh, yeah, we answered that one. Um, no, I don't think Shelly Miscavige was murdered. I think she's alive and well and working for the church. Uh, thank you. Do you consider... Oh, okay. Uh, Morna McDonald asks, do you consider yourself recovered from Scientology now? No, I don't. Um, almost every couple months, every few months, something new comes up. And, uh, it's, you know, most recently it was a fairly heavy thing about saving the world. Like the last half of last year was kind of spent dealing with that. And, um, and it was kind of a big deal for me. It doesn't sound like a real big deal, you know, yeah, save the world, save the world. Uh, but for me it was. And, um, and then there's other things that come up, you know, constantly that things are, things are coming up still that I deal with and have to rethink with or review or reframe or whatever. So, um, so no. I do think though that I have made some very, very positive forward strides. I don't think with Scientology words or terms or concepts anymore. When I'm thinking about problems or figuring out how to how to resolve issues, I don't um, I don't give any Scientology any credence anymore of any kind. I just like you just you know just dump the whole subject in the trash bin. There's nothing really worth sal- saving or salvaging there. Um, there's, better, other, there's other better ways to accomplish any goal or purpose that Scientology is trying to accomplish. So um, so I think in those terms, in those ways, I'm pretty recovered from the experience. And I also don't have anymore um, the same level of anger towards the subject and towards the individuals in the, in the subject. There are only a couple people that I, that I would not. You know if they came out right now you know that I wouldn't be that I might have a problem with or I might not be so happy or, or ready to forgive and forget but that's really only a couple really literally only like two or three people um, so there's not a lot of animosity or ill will or anything like that motivating me anymore and um, and I felt like last year was was actually a real big forward step in all of that recovery stuff because I because I, I I really felt it like a burden lifting at a certain point last year, of of the emotional like uh, you know kind of towards the subject that I had yeah, that I had you know restrained. I was not an angry person to you know towards you guys or towards the towards the church itself. I just kind of was feeling a little bit like that sometimes you know, and now that's kind of gone. So uh, so there you go. Okay, thanks for that question. Um. Ryan Daly, what positive experiences did you have in Scientology? What do you miss, if anything? Um, yeah, I had positive experiences. I had um, gains. I thought I had realizations that I thought were quite significant and important at the time, which of course I've completely forgotten about now. Uh, I had um, I had happy experiences with uh, with other Sea Org members, friends, fan, you know, that kind of thing. I had. Um, uh, I had positive experiences in helping others in terms of helping people with their marriages. I helped a couple people uh, get away from drugs because they didn't want to have drugs in their life, and I was able to assist them with that. Not by putting them through a purification program, by the way, with the sauna thing. I just mean sitting and actually working it out with them and and, and figuring out their life. So I, I enjoyed those experiences. I thought those were positive. Um, I have said in the past, and I will repeat right now, that I think that, that those positive experiences... Didn't really require Scientology to happen, and um, and if anything, sometimes I was helping people in spite of Scientology, not because of it. Um, and as far as what do I miss? As I mentioned, or I didn't say this specifically, but in that earlier question about cult jumping from one cult to another, um, one thing that is uh, I think is crucial in that process is that people are seeking certainty. They're certain. They're, they want answers that that are answers that make sense and that, that that are that they don't have to think about anymore, right? Because I, I define faith as as those thoughts that you don't have to think about anymore, right? They just they're there and you don't have to think about them. They just, that's how it is, right? And yeah, you, you got faith. So um, so I miss that certainty of of, of knowing, you know, what this is all about, what life is all about, what the architecture of, of life is and relationships and how it's all supposed to come together and work. Um, but I'm okay with not having that because at this point, I've adopted the idea that I would rather live with an uncomfortable truth than a pleasant lie. And there's a lot of pleasant lies being peddled out there. Uh, okay looking forward to your next episode of the three apostates yeah we have one scheduled for this for this month well you'll you'll probably see one at the end of this month or early next month preacher eleven i'm about to go see the new star wars movie without giving any spoilers have you seen the movie and if so did you like it yes uh thank you for asking i did see it and i enjoyed it but i didn't think it was a great movie um, I, I, you know, it was a very, very difficult, very busy movie, but I think you'll have a good time. Uh, it hits all the marks. It's, it's a little, it's, it, well, it's very rushed. So you'll feel a little breathless through the whole thing. Um, and there were choices made that I wouldn't have made, but I get why they, why the product was what it was. So, you know, have a good time and let me know what you, uh, you know, email me what you thought. I'm, I'm curious what you're going to think about that. All right, Elron Hubbard, I'm not that bad. (laughs) Uh, Silly McChilly, is there a chance that someone in Scientology has been told that he or she is a born operating Thetan? Someone claimed that and I understood that you have to pay to be an operating Thetan. Oh yeah, no, you are going to have to pay. (laughs) No question about that. But there are people who are born into Scientology families and the parents and the kids start getting the idea that they're a past life OT. Now... In order to, to cross that threshold, they're going to have to go into an auditing session, the kid is going to have to go into a, a, an interview with somebody who's OT, and they're going to have to tell them the OT data. They're going to have to convince them that they actually are past-life OTs. And if they don't go in there and start talking about Xenu and body thetans and what they were auditing and what their name was then odds are Scientology is going to go, well, thank you for telling us your past life OT, but if we can't find your folders, we don't know what your name was, so you're going to have to do the levels again, right? On the other hand, if they do start talking Xenu and body thetons, and they do name a name of a person who died, and they pull up their folders, and sure enough, the person's OT, what, what, that would be proof of past lives almost, right? But guess what? That's never happened. least not that i ever heard of and i'm pretty sure i would have heard about something like that uh all right do you see parallels between hubbard and trump (laughs) yes i do i have talked about yes i have gotten a couple podcasts out there about trump i see um the same pathological lying and narcissism and, and megalomania exhibited by both of them trump doesn't have any desire to you know lord over people the way hubbard does i don't think trump has that going for him um but he's in, he's an incredibly incredibly narcissistic person and uh i have issues with that in, in in leadership uh in your opinion am asks in your opinion is scientology any more destructive than the early catholic church or is scientology a case of a religion that hasn't matured to our norms um activities such as the spanish inquisition oh early catholic church like the spanish inquisition uh well, Scientology isn't torturing people, so in terms of destructivity, that way, I mean, Scientology is not like throwing people on a rack, right? I mean, Scientology actually is torturing people on the RPF. Now that I think about it, but but not the same way. They're not flaying people, right? They're not like torturing them to death and and demanding, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I can't really compare Scientology to the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, I mean, I didn't. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. So I didn't see that question coming, but um, but I but I did answer earlier about you know look I don't I think that the I think that Scientology is more destructive in terms of you know the the non-physical stuff. Let's put it that way. Uh, Tamara, have you seen the two guys infiltrating, sneaking around Scientology? Yes, uh, you're talking about Reckless Ben, and I'm actually in touch with them. I want to see about getting them on a podcast oh uh, it's about to okay do crocs count as real shoes <laughs> no they do not i hate crocs all right let's go back up here lost where i was there we go okay um how much how much did scientology money wise get out of you l ron hubbard asks me um probably over the course of the years a few thousand bucks i think it was uh between the the meters and the this is and the that's. Uh, well, actually, no. I never had to buy a meter. But I did have to get a bunch of books and lectures and some services. $5,000, $6,000, I think is what it got at. Oh, and then my free order's debt. So $10,000. Yeah, let's say $10,000. Uh, let's see. Hello from Germany. Hey. Hey, Germany. All right. Um, are you working on writing any fiction? Um, no. No. I'm not right now. I just don't really have the time. I do want to do that eventually, but that's I think that's years up the road. But and I do have some some stories in me that I want to tell, um, that are fiction stories. So that you so that'll come. But that's 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 in the future. Uh, yeah, seen the seen the thing with the two guys with the spy glasses. I can't. I'm gonna talk to them. I'm actually in touch with them, and I can't. I can't wait to get a whole the whole rundown on. On what that's all about, I, I'm hoping they'll come on my podcast and we can do an actual video chat and really, really get into all the details of how they did what they did. Um. Oh. Okay. Vanessa, is the FBI if, is the FBI infiltrating the Church of Scientology? If not, how can we get them to do so? Okay. Well, there is no way I could know whether the FBI is infiltrating Scientology. They very well could be, and there could be an entire operation going on right now that I don't know anything about. I don't think there is, but that could be happening. Um, how can we find, how can we get them to do so? At this point, I don't know what else can be done. Um, public pressure, I suppose, I, I'm not sure, you know, they, they have been given everything we know, you know, so I don't know. Okay, um, oh, that's Reality Says. Shouldn't atheists do more to force people to accept a materialistic, mechanistic view of the existence? Uh, no, no, they shouldn't. And the reason is because you can't force people to accept anything. It doesn't work that way. If you want to change hearts and minds, you're not going to do it through force and 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 violence and that sort of thing. You got to change hearts and minds, and that in that means that you have to appeal to people's um, with compassion and tolerance and understanding. That's the only way to do it. There isn't another way. So no, I don't think that uh, atheists should be forcing anything on anybody uh, that routinely and uh, universally backfires every time. So I've never seen anybody shouted into unbelief. Uh, does anyone know what LRH, LRH's childhood was like and could that have contributed to his mental state of mind? L. Ron Hubbard had a fairly uh, benign upbringing in the Midwest. I uh, was born in 1911 in um, uh, what, Nebraska? I think Montana. Somewhere in that area. Uh, I think Helena, Montana, I think is where he, uh, where he was born. Anyway, he uh, didn't really have – other than traveling a lot, moving around a lot because his dad was in the Navy and, they, and he, so he had quite a bit of travel. He didn't really have any kind of an abusive, horrible childhood uh, according to all the research that's been done. So I don't think that is what contributed to his mental state um, in any sort of abnormal way, I should say. Do you feel – Dee Nellie asks, do you feel that it is an educator's job to inform their students about specific, controlling, physically and mentally abusive organization, or focus on building critical thinking? Um, I think it's a bit of both, actually. I don't think you can do one over the other. You you know, people, because they're two different lessons. Critical thinking isn't, isn't teaching somebody about how abuse works. And teaching people about how abuse works, or about how control groups or high control groups work, it has nothing to do with teaching critical thinking. So I think both are necessary. You, you know, if I was going to say one over the other, I'd say critical thinking. But I, but that's that's a that's a bit of a Sophie's choice. You need both. So um, yeah. So that's how I think that's how I would put that. Uh have I heard of any news about new shows from Leah and Mike? Janet Gossett asks I have not. I believe they are working on different projects now and I don't know what Leah's uh, what projects she has in development for uh, sh- for shows um oh, my shirt yes <laughs> my shirt says uh if either you like bacon or you're wrong that's I I, I had some bacon before we came on I'm a, I'm an unapologetic metasaurus uh okay have you seen oh yes uh robert robot persona asks have you seen the sasha baron cohen speech regarding youtube and tech companies i have not yet but i have that actually in my question queue to answer somebody asked if you either you or somebody emailed me that and it's in my queue and i need to actually watch that and 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 give you guys an answer on that uh let's see Oh, Anna Nieder asks, "What are your views on meditation?" I read Sam Harris's book on meditation, and I liked it. I thought I liked what he had to say because he talked about a sort of spiritual without belief or sort of thing, and I, I kind of liked what he had to say about that. Meditation, I think, regardless of your spiritual beliefs, whether you think it's a spiritual activity or not, I think it's useful and helpful. I think sitting and and not and again, this is not not in the terms of. Um, uh, how do I want to put this? Um, I think it can be calming. I think it can be useful to organize thoughts and chill and 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 learn to come to a place where you don't have to think thoughts. <laughs> and that's hard. That is a little hard to do. but um, but I think it can be useful in um, in recovery or in, um, just learning how to be more mindful and, and present in the moment, you know, which I think is a, is a useful skill. Okay. Uh, New Hampshire. Hey, New Hampshire. Let's see where I'm at in this, in these comments here. Um, oh, okay. Tamara asks, I know you stated before, but how old were you when your parents joined Scientology? Four years old. I was four. Is there anything concrete being done to prevent further purchase of properties in Clearwater? Gabriel Celeste asks. No, there isn't. Uh, the reporting that's coming out of uh, the Tampa Bay Times from Tracy McManus up to a couple days ago indicates that the city planners who have met with David Miscavige personally are playing footsies with him, are being very um, you know, uh, softball with him, I guess, and, and I don't really understand it, but that's what's happening there. So, yeah, they, Scientology could be purchasing up more properties right now, for all we know, and there's nothing really being done to stop them. Okay, Tidal Guardian asks, Do you think the church sees your YouTube channel as a threat? If so, why haven't they attempted to nuke your channel? Is it because they can't or have other things to deal with? I, for whatever reason, I do not think that they they have me classified it as, as a high-level threat. And honestly, I'm okay with that at this point. In fact, I was always okay with that. I didn't get into this to be fair game by Scientology. So if they want to choose to ignore my channel and my work, I'm okay with that. I know that I am doing good work and I know I'm helping people out of Scientology because former members of Scientology have literally told me that. Uh, As well as people from other destructive cults. I've helped people out of JWs. I've helped people out of Mormonism. I've helped people out of Christian cults. I've helped people out of business cults. So, I know I'm doing good work and that's effective work. If the Church of Scientology chooses to ignore me, great, (laughs) you know, and they haven't ignored me because I've got the hate website and I get trolled and I get the stuff that they do to me. And they did try to, they did offer to buy my channel to shut me down. So, you know, it's not that they are totally ignoring me, but uh, it's a bit difficult to get somebody's YouTube channel taken down. And I don't have content that is hate speech, and I don't have content that's horrible, awful content. I have very factual content. And so, you know, so that's what you get. Okay, backed in. I like that. It says so much. Okay, it seems like David Miscavige can commit any crime, any kind of crime, and the law doesn't touch him. Yeah okay did you find it hard to stop thinking okay thuggy asks did you find it hard to stop thinking and stop using scientology terms when you left yes i did for a very long time it took me years to get rid of the pts idea every time i got sick or every time i saw somebody else getting sick first thing man pts you're pts (laughs) that's automatic and the emotional suppression. That took a long time to get rid of. That's uh, Even to this day, stuff still comes up on that, but a lot less than it did at the beginning. Uh, honestly, uh, Amanda Ferreira. Anybody ever look into, honestly, Miscavige's abuse of authority and missing wife? Yeah. We- we've looked honestly at that many times in detail. Lots of people have, including this channel. Uh, Zenu. Woot. he new for president uh what about investigative journalists why haven't any infiltrated the church some have google it this is something i mean paulette cooper well paulette cooper didn't infiltrate the church um people have infiltrated the church many times i remember back in 1995 when i first came on as the assistant technical aide for the Western United States, uh, when we were doing, when I was doing management of Scientology, uh, there was a flap because an investigative reporter had walked into the Kansas City Church of Scientology with glasses, with a big camera on, and this was in the 90s that this happened, and recorded an entire dianetic set getting sold and delivered, an entire dianetic session and then went back to i think it was the newspaper or local tv station and you know dished on the whole thing right this happens this has happened many times in history that people have done this it just doesn't get play or got it it goes and then that's it you know most of the time people get pretty patty cake and they only go in and the the investigative journalists will go in and do a personality test and that's it and that's usually a creepy enough experience for them. But um, Ross and Kerry infiltrated Scientology all the way to you know the the sauna program and the Dianetics program and stuff. These two guys, Reckless Ben, just infiltrated. Other people, you can find video on YouTube of other people who have infiltrated Scientology. So it's uh, yeah, this is that it's been it's been done. All right. Let's see here. Inroads into Russia. CPO, fast forward. I understand Scientology has made inroads in Russia. Scientology has organizations in Russia, but Scientology's big problem right now is that they are trying to ban Scientology, and they've actually thrown Scientologists in jail over there. So, you know, inroads, I, I, they seem to be getting outroads at this point. And by the way, I've done a whole video conversation with uh, Lloyd Evans about the fact that we both disagree with JWs and Scientology being banned in Russia. That's not the way to go. Banning things only creates martyrs and is always counterproductive. Uh, Okay. Preacher, 1138, I used to work for the government of a Midwestern state and it was a cult. Do you believe that a government agency can become a cult? I believe that any group of human beings can become a cult. Uh, depending on the leadership. it's it, it, Remember, a cult is a destructive cult, a destructive cult characteristics and relationship. Uh, well, they are a relationship. There's a leader and there's a follower of followers. It can be two, it can be two million. But the relationship and the mechanisms that are used are the same. And so anyone can come into a group and start running it as this high control group and start pressuring the people and start demanding loyalty and start pushing for You know, you give me the power and I will, you know, and I will give you glory and wonderfulness and all of that. However that translates in a business environment, that would be money and influence versus, versus, say, a religious environment where you're going to have spirituality and, you know, and happiness and joy and that sort of thing. So the, 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 the goals can be different and the wording can be different and the environment can be different and it can still be a cult situation. Any group. Okay. Um... Uh, CPO, fast forward. Are there any countries it has failed to penetrate? Yes, China. China will not allow Scientology into its borders and bans its existence and has for a very long time. And Scientology has never really effectively gotten into China in any real way. Uh, North Korea also, by the way. I don't think there's any Scientology in North Korea. Uh, that's reality. Shouldn't we, as atheists, use Scientology fair game tactics against religious, spiritual leaders and groups, especially on platforms like YouTube? What? No. Of course not. Come on, man. No. No. Scientology techniques should ever be used against anybody. What are you... Do? These, these are setup questions, aren't they? Somebody's messing with me here. Come on. This is silly. Ah, uh, happy new year. Okay. Let's see here. Oh God, Karen F. Thoughts on the J.W. Montana Supreme Court reversal. Okay, so there was child abuse going on in the J.W. Or sorry, in the in the yeah, the J.W.s. They have a policy of not informing law enforcement, um, or they don't inform. You know, they don't notify law enforcement when um, when child abuse comes up within their ranks. There was a suit. They they lost. This was appealed to the Montana Supreme Court. The Supreme Court overturned this ruling and said that the JWs don't have any obligation to report sexual crimes committed within their ranks. This is gross. This is heinous. This is disgusting. And the Montana Supreme Court can go fuck themselves. That is gross. It is a travesty of justice, and it opens the door for more pedophiles to have their way with children in a religious environment that condones and covers it up and... I am I am this is something I am profanely upset about uh, Montana is a place you do not want to bring your kids because they support religious freedom versus protecting children from sexual predators and to my way of thinking there is no question about religious freedom versus sexual predation of children there, there is no question as to which of these is more important uh, okay. Let's see here. Uh, Staff at Scientology was the of Islam thing. Hmm. I don't know anything about that. Okay, answered that question. The was finishing Inquis- Oh, I think I got pushed back up or something. Okay. Going all the way down to the bottom, going back up here. Oh, got some super chats. Hey, guys, thank you for those. Let me go back up and See if I can uh, find out back where I was. Uh, It was different. Okay. Keep Shelton working. (laughs) KSW. That's a good one. Maybe I should do that shirt. Should I do that shirt? KSW keeping Shelton working. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see if I can get back to these questions. Uh, Jay asks me, do you see any similarities between LRH and Justin Trudeau? No. No. I don't, but I can't really speak intelligently about Justin Trudeau. I only have an American's meme understanding of Justin Trudeau. I don't really know anything about the guy other than what I see in memes. Um, okay, Jay. Da, 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 da. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I'll show uh, his thing there. Um, let's see. Going back down the line... Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, good. Reckless Ben and Michael. Yes. Okay, good. Dave. Okay, that's reality. asks Is Miscavige really in charge, or is just a puppet for the people around him? No, Miscavige is the one who's in charge. It, it's simple. It, it's Occam's Razor. There's no conspiracies. There's no, the CIA is not running Scientology via their plant, David Miscavige, or anything like that. Miscavige is the one who's in charge uh let's see here nothing mechanistic uncle lives in montana just going down the comments here as i go um good you're welcome for the video on landmark uh many good people in the org how can i try and wake them from their brainwashed state dave whitelaw asks Dave, take a look on my channel at the interviews I did with Rachel Bernstein about how to talk to people who are in Scientology or how to talk to people who are in cults. There are a couple videos on my channel where I go into great detail about how to do that. It's It basically involves having compassion, tolerance, and understanding of them and who they are and accepting them as who they are first and then get engaging in conversation and di- and dialogue designed to... Ask them questions that might plant seeds of doubt, that might get them thinking. But mostly, it's about listening. And there's a lot to you know, a lot more to know about that. That's a little summary answer, but check out the videos on it because um, I've put those together with the purpose of answering them in full. So I don't have to, you know, just give little uh, summary answers that are not really useful or helpful in, in a way. You know, I want you to get the whole the whole data on that. So I hope you'll check those out. Uh let's see here. Any chance of a video Robert Roberts asks. Any chance of a video on black supremacist cults like Black Hebrew Israelites. I'd love to hear from an ex-member. They're violent, exploitative. I'm um, sure I've I not heard a whole lot about that. If I run into any ex-members of those groups or anything or that comes across my plate, I'll let you know. Uh let's see. Trolling Chris a bit. Okay. <laughs> okay thank you for admitting that you were trolling me you jerk (laughs) okay best way to meditate is without beliefs that's actually true okay uh looter 92 how much time did you spend at sea in the sea org this much time no time i was never on the sea while i was in the sea org thank you cynthia for that super chat and we are having a great weekend thank you Sorry. My question is, who in Scientology knows that it is a scam? Probably David Miscavige. Certainly the lawyers who work for Scientology. But otherwise, no one else. Um, I'm thinking adults trying to call. Da, 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 da. Oh, Steve G. Thanks for the super chat. Boom. Love your work. Discovered it around Thanksgiving. Excellent. I will keep up the good fight. Okay. Going down the line here. Um Let's see. Video from 95 be found. Which video? All right. Um, did you hear about the last member who's been in since, since started? No. Um, huh. Let's see. Going back up here. Dating a man. And a couple of weeks of your he's practicing Jehovah's Witness. Oh, you're dating somebody who's a Jehovah's Witness. I'm wondering if I should run away quicker. I should try to talk to him about it and who I might could talk to him about it. Yeah, no, of course you should talk to him about it. If you're interested in the guy and he's a cool guy, then then talk to him about it. Say, hey, what's up with this? I've heard this, I've heard that. You know, have, a, have an honest conversation. Now's the time to do it. <laughs> I mean, you got nothing to lose. If the guy ends up being a religious fanatic or a jerk or a zealot, then, you know, you can walk away, no harm, no foul, right? But if he can be appealed to or you find out maybe he's Jehovah's Witness in name only, maybe he doesn't really want to be. There could be all kinds of scenarios at play there. So communicate. I I'm all, I will always uh, push more communication, you know. Uh, will you and Melissa name your firstborn Xenu? Um, no, Melissa and I are not going to be having children. so we will not be naming our firstborn Xenu. Uh, there are no there are no kids in the works for us uh, at this at this time. Okay um oh okay olenka asks in which episode of scientology in the aftermath did you appear i appeared twice in scientology in the aftermath i was in the fifth episode which was an ama it was an ask me anything special bonus episode so it might not appear in all the catalogs of the first season but that was the one i was in there and then i was in the season three last season finale show at the very end of the show I stood up and got to ask some questions or talk about some stuff. So uh that's where I was there. Okay. Oh, Mamita 75, any topics you wish had been covered or addressed on Leah's show now that it's over? Yes, I really wish they had done a show really really breaking down the RPF. That would have been an eye opener for a lot of people. They talked about the RPF, they talked about some details of the RPF, But really, a whole show could have been done showing all the policies, a breakdown of it, the organizing of it, the the hierarchy of it, the program itself, what it entails, getting through it. Man, it's extensive. There's a lot to know about that, and I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, How much did Scientology offer for your channel, Thomas Angelo asks. An insultingly low amount of money. I think it was $10,000. I think it was my, I think it was less than $10,000. It was insulting. I t- I told him flat out, I laughed. I was like, "Yeah, no. I'm I I can, you know, if, if you want to buy me, you're going to have to pay a hell of a lot more than that for my first amendment rights." Uh, let's see here. Um Can you address Okay, Joseph Hamblin asks. Can you address your opinion of angry gay pope and his methods? I've talked about this before and it's not, you know, look, I do not want to get into feuds with other critics publicly, okay? So I'm not saying this in an effort to rile people up or get people pissed off. Angry gay pope does things that I don't agree with and wouldn't do. But it's his thing, you know? And if people want to protest Scientology, they can do it however they want. Um, I don't particularly think that what he does is effective in terms of changing hearts and minds. And so I disagree with what he's doing. And, um, but I welcome the fact that he is protesting Scientology and doing something. And I will take that over nothing. And that's, uh, that's my view on that. Okay. Uh, good info. Some novelty in language. All new in order to seem to attract people. Yes, that's reality is talking about... Uh, The fact that uh, the basic courses in Scientology, you know, use language tricks, and yeah, they do. They change the – it's it loaded language. It's a a thing in in destructive cults. They have to come up with their own specialized language because that's what makes – one of the things that makes them seem legit, gives them credibility, right? But also makes them seem special and unique and different and something you need to learn about all oh, right let's see here coming up uh in the last 10 minutes or so of our of our episode here this has been fun I've, we've been banging through some questions i hope you guys uh I, I hope i'm keeping up here i've had to cut ties to people who are in a political cult what is your recommendation for dealing with them once it passes not going to name names on the cult side good steve g asks um bill bridges mend mend bridges you know or whatever um you know, politics is a thing that comes and goes, and friendships and relationships are, or can be, much more lasting, and, and really should be. I've regretted losing relationships over the last three years, um, being overly harsh uh, on on political stuff. So I get it, and I've reached out to some people, and I have mended those those broken ties. And in some other cases, I they're they're lost, and I'm not going to get them back. So you know, I guess it depends on the person, Uh, you know, best of luck to you, but I recommend making the effort to reach out. All right, John McGuire. Yes, keeping Shelton working. Woo. Okay. Okay, good. Black Hebrew Israelites. I will look into this, guys. Check this out uh okay did it concern you okay fred flogiston asks as you were in the sea org did it concern you how to come back to complete your billionaire contract or did you take it for granted to find your way back no i literally didn't really think about it very much except to figure i would be ot by then and i would have the ability to come back without any difficulty (laughs) yep oh hey philadelphia Okay, um, good. Yeah, I'll check out this black... Enough of you guys are bringing this up. I'll check this out. This uh, black Hebrew Israelites thing. Oh, Watcher asks, do you have any thoughts on the upcoming Star Trek Picard series? Yes, I'm a little excited about it, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hope it turns out to be as good as it's trying to make itself look. (laughs) Let's see what happens. Okay. Oh, Recovering Hunbot. Hey, hey. All right. Um... Card forever. Do you know anything about Mike Rinder's new project? Kyle Howorth asks. I'm sorry, I do not. I'm not in touch with Mike that way. I don't know what he's working on. Um, okay, Seven the Wonder Cat. Yes, he's hiding behind uh, behind the couch over there. Okay. Oh, Sandy. Wow, thank you for that super chat. Very generous. Thank you. Love it. All right, we have a cult here in New Zealand called uh, Gloria Vale. Their leader died in 2018. There are a lot of families leaving now. I wonder if it's the same will happen when the new leader David dies, when their leader David dies. Yes, it's possible. It's entirely possible that when David Miscavige either leaves or is escorted out one way or the other, however he is gone, that Scientology could just kind of you know implode. That could happen. Uh, we really won't know until it happens because the context is going to mean is going to be everything on that. Okay, how did the purif make you feel after? Did you feel better or just glad to be done? Um, I felt better, but I was only on it for five days when I did the purification program, and I was also seventeen years old. So my body and I had not ever taken a single drug in my life. I had had one surgery, and that those medications were come and gone years before. So my purif was was really nothing. It was, and, and I didn't really treat it as a whole lot of anything either. Uh, The main thing it did was it got me jogging, (laughs) and I did that for about a month, and then I stopped. Okay, Rise of Skywalker, Great or May? Oh, that's funny. I answered this earlier in this episode. Uh, Overall, meh. You know, good. I enjoyed it, but meh. I wish it hadn't had come to what it had come to. Okay. Um, Sarb, what is your best guess on what would happen to the Church of Scientology if COB dies unexpectedly? A, as I just said, it depends on what, when it happens and, and the context of it. If he's, you know, I've, and I've mentioned before, if, he, if he's perp walked, that's a whole different picture from if he dies comfortably in his sleep, which is a whole different picture from if he blows and takes off and just disappears one day. Those are three completely different pictures which will have different outcomes. So it's really hard to guess what's going to happen. Uh, Okay, Uh, what non-Scientology thing comes closest to the auditing euphoria that seems to be harvested to get people to sign up for the next course? Uh, That is a good question, and that is from, uh, oh my god, so like Valley Girl. Okay, the euphoria you feel after an auditing session is very similar in my experience now to a great drug high, to, um, to falling in love to having a great time with a friend, right? You know The endorphin, the rush, right? It's that kind of a thing. That's what it feels like and it truly feels wonderful and certainly an experience you want to have again and again and again. And this is also one of those control mechanisms I was alluding to at the beginning of the show where I was talking about how Scientology has so many things it can do to you to keep you in and keep you going. And that the auditing has become addictive to some people because of that uh, rush that they get. I've seen that. Okay, let's see if we can wrap up here. How's your son in Australia with all the fires? Cynthia asks. He's actually fine. He's over in Perth. He's away from it. He said to me and uh, told me that there's nothing for him to worry about. Uh, okay, Sandy asks, So you and Melissa going to HowdyCon this year? possibly it might um kind i might be doing a uk book tour over the summer and it might be in june i'm not sure yet what the dates and all that it still has to be set up i got to really get on that and get get that planning going so if that if i do that then i probably will not be going to HowdyCon this year but if i don't do that then HowdyCon would probably be a certainty uh okay let's see here preacher 1138 mike rinder recently said that he thought the noi and church of scientology might be heading for a feud. What are your thoughts? Really hard to say without more inside knowledge. Um, I haven't seen any indications of any such feud. I'm interested in why Mike is saying that. It certainly could be the case. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So I just think it's an interesting idea right now. I'm waiting to see if there's more evidence of, of a breakage or, or problems between them. Any um it would make perfect sense to me that a schism, you know, could occur and that they their their partnership would break up. They're very odd partners to begin with, they don't really belong together. So, um, you know, all right, so there you go. Uh speaking of Rise of Skywalker, are you in support of Raylo, Ray, and Kylo? Um eh. I didn't really care about enough, about, I didn't care about the story enough to really form an opinion about it one way or the other. <laughs> okay, um, do you feel good about helping people out of Scientology with your videos? Yes, of course I do. I feel very good about that. I mean, that's pretty much why this channel started. <laughs> so yeah, I do. Um oh andre here have you heard of the carbonation cult i keep getting asked about this and, and no other than the questions i keep being asked no i've never heard anything about this uh i look into it but I, I no, i don't know anything about it um okay good yeah i have seen all series couple times could not find you haven't seen an extra your channel helped me quit working at toxic place okay alenka um i know for a fact you can find the video the 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 the, uh episode i was in the ama episode can be found if nowhere else i would not normally recommend this on rutube russian youtube you can look them up there uh and like i said i was at the end of the season three season finale i was definitely on it uh let's see i do not know if it had abuse okay good oh Tamara, thank you for that super chat thank you very much that's awesome uh okay Raylo is nasty ha uh-huh. ha audio and video are out of sync yeah there is there is a lag uh oh two o'clock looks like we're um okay checking out yeah he mentioned it in the surviving Scientology channel yes I know I need to I, I just haven't watched that podcast yet It's funny. My time is difficult because I want to watch everything that people send me and I want to hear everything that's out there to hear. And yet I still have to create content myself. And it is really a constant struggle working between research, my own content creation, and getting other people's content on. So it's it's a constant struggle. All right, guys. I think it is time to wrap up here. I think we've had a pretty good Q&A this week. Thank you very much for coming around and watching. And um, thanks for your support. All you guys who who threw super chats at me, you are wonderful people. Really appreciate it. And uh, let us end this off now. And I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.